Welcome to Dungeons and Diapers. I'm your host Ryan this week, and joining me is Crofton, who has a shed update. Uh, yeah, Ryan. So, okay, as last week you may recall, I was uh, occupying uh, Ottawa, and uh, oh, right. whatever, yada yada yada. I'm not doing that anymore. Um, and uh, so I'm back in my house, and luckily. The shed that I've spent so long discussing has reached a new milestone. And I consider it a little bit like those video games where like you're building things in phases or something. And then you reach a certain phase and everybody celebrates. Well, um, this is this is one of those phases. So that not only is the shed fully operational, now known as the office, um, but it has a cherry wood L-shaped desk built in and i gotta give full credit to my co-host uh on uh, Dun- uh good batter bullshit not not dungeons and diapers ryan's done nothing for me uh my my co-host uh mike hodgins who um is not anywhere on the internet because he spends his time making desks for people like me uh anyway it's pretty sweet and of course i am not recording from it right now i'm in no. my basement as per usual but i do think in the days ahead that there may be opportunity for a shed cast. Ooh. Actually, maybe that should just be the name of a podcast that I do. Shed cast. Yeah. I still think that there's like a, there's like a, like a Dungeons and Diapers mini that you could record where it's just from the shed. You get like a 15 minute break from work and you, you know, you got those thoughts that are rumbling around just, just get it, get it recorded raw right onto the internet. Ugh, what's okay. Caden? What's Caden up to? He's Maybe he could be asleep. my. Well, I mean, like not now, <laughs> but like he could be. He could be my my co-host. Yeah, your producer on shed on, on shed talk the yeah. shed cast. But uh, yeah, no, I, I'm I'm glad it, it's moving along. It's like it brings me joy, Ryan. Today I opened my sliding door into my new uh, shed office, and it, I got the the smell of wood because of the new cherry desk and I was like oh this is nice the 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 element that my wife and I are in opposition on or trying to land on is I would like an arcade machine in the shed <laughs> how is that productive well I mean the idea here Ryan isn't that I'm putting like an Xbox or something in the shed that would be a constant distraction sure. it would be like an arcade machine with like you know Old old school arcade games. I get out of a meeting. It was a stressful meeting. I like you know. I stand up. I, I you know. I beat up Shredder as Ninja Turtles for a bit, and I sit back down. I don't know. I'm just saying. For me, I've always wanted a gaming cabinet, and I just feel like you know the, this. It's not in the house. My wife doesn't have to see it all the time, but she is sort of enamored with the idea of kind of decorating the, the shed it has a very you know like i said now it's got this cherry wood desk it's got this nice light paint color these nice windows and all this i think that she sees it as like a cottage style uh which is fair enough that's probably what it is very relaxing and then i'm like hey wouldn't it be great if i put a noisy arcade cabinet in it like do you think that would fit and i think she's just like i can see the goosebumps and the skin crawl happening but uh but yeah so that's that's the negotiation i will next shed update i will hopefully have news on on what our direction is she's leaning bookshelf 
I'm leaning arcade cabinet. Yeah. We'll see where we land. So, and I did see the shed. I can confirm it's real. I, I mean, I saw it obviously before you did all the work on it, but then you gave me a, a tour and it's quite spacious. Like, honestly, like if you didn't put an arcade machine in there, you could like film a, you got like a nice flat, uh, white wall. You could film like a YouTube series in there. Uh, you could do like unboxings and, and wacky videos where you talk you to need a, a lot of space for unboxings is that it you gotta, well i mean you got to put the packaging somewhere right once once you're done unboxing yeah. but uh, <laughs> I, I like no one... your brain your brain works you're like wow look at all that space for unboxings yeah yeah i don't know i just <laughs> hey you know what i i feel like you know you've got you got on one spectrum you've got bookshelves on the other spectrum you've got arcade machines and i fall right in the middle like i just i go straight for you know the what needs to be done which are the unboxings like where else are you going to unpackage all of your lovely amazon goods i've got nothing further on the topic though because we're going to head into the dungeons come on wait before we do i want to just make a call out to our listeners listeners if you think of like like if there's some idea that i'm not considering that would give me like a brain break so i got i've got like a recliner in there which is Mm -hmm. pretty sweet so i go down like lie down on it um play on my phone a bit if if i get a break or whatever i've got the desk and i'm gonna have my office chair but if there's something that you think like like obviously you know a foosball table would not would take up too much room and and honestly i as a one person i wouldn't be able to really play myself so not not great is there something else that i'm not thinking about and if you know of that please write to the show and let us let us know how i can pimp my shed use the subject letting heading pimp croft and shed yeah um all right ryan go to the go to the dungeons or wherever you want to go well we're gonna go to the dungeons let's go into the dungeons we've got some video games we've got some tv we've got some spoilers uh for tv but let's start with video games i uh am curious you've already finished uh dang dang and rompa you've already finished it it was it a long game i mean i i mainlined it pretty hard like when 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 you think about uh the amount of time that a dad has to put into anything like because as i mentioned last time i had the cloud and some of the some of the elements i was really ryan waited for me tonight i was putting the kids to bed and uh i was up there for a really long time and and if I had Danganronpa, I would I would have played that. Incidentally, turns out they're on Android. Like I could I could get get those versions of it, which I might like um, get Danganronpa too. I haven't decided yet, but yeah. So I've, I I feel like it was pretty lengthy for a visual novel type game, but it was not like you know it's not Skyrim or whatever. Um, I I and. Uh, like the the thing is again like I'm not going to recap everything I said about what the game is. If we can go back to the last episode, which was a damn fine episode, and listen to my intro remarks on Danganronpa, um, sort of like an anime uh, murder investigating high school sim, whatever visual novel, other words. Um, but uh, but what I will say is uh, now I've completed it. And uh, does it nail the lang- the landing of the end? And I felt not. I felt like I know a lot of people really like like Danganronpa 1 is thought of really fondly in terms of story and stuff. 
And I always considered it a little bit like a guilty pleasure because it's got all these anime tropes and stylings and all of this that are all like you've got to you've got to kind of look past or, or it, you're it's held by the gimmick, which it's got a strong gimmick. Um, and uh, I just I, I don't know, like there was the the mystery of who the who the killer was 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 quite quite interesting. Uh, and that I think resolved in a kind of interesting way, but everything is just a little too convoluted by half. And there, there are some reveals about the nature of everything about this, this murder game that they're all playing that just are a little bit like, okay, a little bit too far. And I mean, I guess I shouldn't have been surprised from the beginning, you know, Oh, you're locked in this high school and there's these big metal bars on it. Like everything is over the top. Uh, so I should have expected that the ending would also be over the top. I don't know why I expected it would be grounded in any way. It is anime, but it was, you know, it was over the top to the point that I was like, okay, it lost me a little bit at the end. So if, you know, it, it's more about the journey, I guess, than the destination. And, but that said, I'm still considered, I'm like, well, you know, maybe Danganronpa. I'm curious how they'll set up a Danganronpa 2 and 3, which they have. So I wouldn't say that I am not going to play the sequels, but I would just say that it was a, a, a really addictive like experience, like one of those things where you're reading and you almost feel bad. Like it's a book, you're like, you almost feel bad you're reading it. You're like, oh, this is so trashy, but also I can't put it down. <laughs> And then, and then when it ends, you're just like, "Wow, that didn't feel good," but it was fun at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's sort of how I I would still kind of recommend it. I, I totally uh, would, you know, especially uh, in in normal times, I would. I recognize it's like what is it, video game Christmas right now or something? Um, there's just so many big releases. So now is uh, unlikely the time that you start an obscure japanese anime game but uh but maybe sometimes especially be, make a good travel game now that people are starting to travel again yeah no yeah especially uh i i think that um you know your your thoughts on it are are really interesting i i know it's on game pass i i booted it up briefly between our shows um i did not get to i i don't think i got i i didn't get very far like i just i just got it going and um, I don't think I got to the premise of of the sh- of the game quite yet, but I'm I'm curious about it. Like it does I, take about five minutes, so I can understand why I did not well, play long. I did. I, yeah. I, I got a taste of I think the art style. <laughs> That's about it. You're like, oh, it is anime. You're yeah, like, look yeah, at that. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I, I do want to, I do want to get back to it. It's been something that's you know been rumbling around for a while. And I think it it would it sounds really it sounds interesting. Although I I don't know if I'll be able I don't know if I'll finish it like like you have. But but even just to check it out would be would be really really interesting. There was um an interesting exchange though related to Danganronpa in that um you, your your unseen rival uh, Jimmy the Shovel was was saying he didn't think you would enjoy Danganronpa and, and he was surprised to hear that you had, you were enjoying it and now he'll be surprised to hear you finished it. I, I don't think you guys are actually rivals though. I don't know how that started. I think it was something... What, what, what was it? Do you even remember? I don't know. He, well, it's mostly that he loves anime and yeah. I have mixed feelings on anime. Oh, that's right. So, you hate anime. So, I forgot. 
Well, I mean, hey, I just finished Danganronpa, which Ryan just booted up and was like, ooh, anime, and turned no. it off. You're, you're, you know, like, this was a Tales of Arise thing where you said it was too anime for your liking. Yeah. It's too... <laughs> yeah, and I will say that, like, like um, the concept of Danganronpa... Again, the thing that anime does that that other, game, other genres sometimes don't is come up with these crazy concepts like it and they just lean wholeheartedly into them and so um that's i find that oddly compelling however i don't like any of the anime tropes the characters the the thinly constructed characters um that are fairly one note and 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 act in ridiculous over the top ways and get nosebleeds all the time like I, I, I don't like that part of it. And the thing with a game like Tales of Arise is that, it, to, to my knowledge, and again, I have not played uh, anything other than the demo, it's just an RPG. So it's it's like you're getting all the art, you're getting all the the animeness of the the characters without the big ideas, the big the big sort of hook or or gimmick or whatever. The gimmick is like you're in a fantasy world killing monsters. I mean, mm. I've seen that a zillion times. Persona is a good example of um, an, an anime series that I get behind because of the the ideas involved in bringing that world to life. So that's that's sort of my my mixed my mixed feelings on it. And Dang and Rampa, what I would say to people playing it. Like play further than Ryan Ryan did. Like do do the first because it's it's hard to get into a game like that. Um, you know, especially with all the fancy consoles and stuff we have. Play like the 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 first if you can make it through the first case, which means playing the prologue and then the first murder and investigation. It that it, it's a fairly lengthy commitment of time, but it's sort of like reading the first fifty pages of a book. If you can read the first 50 pages of a book, you can pretty much say, okay, I'm into this or I'm not. It takes a while to get into it. Um, and uh, and if, you're, if you're out, I totally respect that. But I just know that I was kind of like forcing myself at the beginning. I was like, well, I, I know this has a kind of neat gimmick. Let me wait to see it start. Let me – Let's get it going. And then once it got going and once that first case began and once I was starting to get to know some of the characters, I was like, okay, now, now – I'm, I need I need to see what happens next type deal. Like, you know, a page turner. Yeah. No, I think that I didn't stop playing because uh, I wasn't enjoying it. I think I stopped playing. It's just I didn't have enough time to, to push through. Of course. And- Honestly, Ryan, like as much as I'd be an advocate for Danganronpa and some, some – right now in February 2022 in the whatever Dying Light Sifu Horizon Zero Dawn Triple Two – Elden Ring Forgotten West season, mm-hmm. I would say like, you know, maybe wait till a, a, another time to play that game. Yeah. And, and you know, we're already probably getting the comments uh, about Tales of Arise. But I, to go back to that for a second, um, I feel like uh, Tales of Arise, I just finished it actually uh, last week. It took me six months just because I'm notoriously slow um, and the, really the only reason I finished it is we, we do, um, so for the gamers in, we have a Patreon and we do, I do a, a mini, I call it the, the Patreon mini where we do an update corner where each week I'll talk about what I did in Tales of Rise. And it was the first game we played beginning to end w- with, a you know, doing, doing basically Ryan recounts his adventure in Tales of Rise. 
uh, and that would range from a 10 minute segment to sometimes 20 to 30 minutes. It, it was it was a lot, uh, but we I did it. I finished it, and I'll say this about Tales of Arise: like I think the demo presents its combat very well, but some of the uh, issues you listed, like you know, lack of character depth, lack of story depth, uh, you know, you know, too much anim- anime ness. It, it, I think like if you were to play the game, you'd realize it's got a much deeper story, much deeper characters. There is very much still some anime stuff going around in there, specifically some scenes where like you, you got the uh, you got like the I don't know how you describe it, but like you, you have your party and they're all sort of just like complimenting each other. And it's like one big happy family and everyone's so happy. And it's very sappy. And um, but, but, you know, the, the moment was earned, but I remember playing it and Ashley was in the room and she's, she's listening to these characters sort of talk to each other. And she's just like, what in God's name are you playing? And I'm like, it's a JRPG. We've been through a huge I get, adventure I together. I get that with Dag and Rampa. That's something we have. I'm like, I, and I want Jesse to leave the room when I'm playing <laughs> that. I, I, I'm just like, can you just, can you just go? And she's like, no, no, play your murder kid game. I'm yeah. like, no, no. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I, you're just going to make fun of it or whatever. She's like, I'm not going to make fun well, of it. Well, it's, it's one of those things where I, 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 she, when Ashley commented, I said like, no, absolutely. You're a hundred percent right. There's been like two of these moments and you just happen to be here for this one. And, and, and you know, it's like any JRPG, like as the adventure continues, your party grows closer and um, nearing the end of the game, there are a lot of those moments where all the characters are just like, you know, basically boils down to a 20 minute, you know, hug, I guess, like, but with dialogue and, uh, and it's just very, it, it can be sappy, but I think, um, if you do get the opportunity to give Tales of Arise a chance, I, I think you would enjoy it. I, what I'm saying about anime is like, I do not doubt the Tales of Arise has a good story. I played Dragon Quest 11, which had like a fine story. It was a, it, it's just that it's just, there's a difference between the story and and the concept, right? And the concept remains just like an RPG. It, like it's an RPG, a fantasy RPG. Probably has some some elements of the world that are somewhat unique. But in the end, it's 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 like it's an RPG with a good story, which a lot of these RPGs, you know, tend to have. But like then it also has all the animeness of all the characters and and that. Uh, and for me to get past the animeness now. I find that I, I need I need that hook of that deeper uh, concept or or ambitious idea, and if it's just like an RPG, a straight fantasy RPG, I'm you know like there's been a lot of Tales games, and I've not played any of them, and yeah. I think that's part partly why, right? Yeah, no, I can see that. It's the first one I've I've played and, and finished. Um, I think I last one I played was on the GameCube, and and I think that was just a rental. I enjoyed it but I never finished it. But um, yeah, no, I, I mean, that that is fair. It is, it, you know, no matter how much you boil it down, like it, it is still a JRPG action game with a, with a fantasy story. It's got, in my mind, it has a, a pretty unique story that it's trying to tell in terms of, but it's still got those moments of like, you know, uh, JRPG anime. So like, I get that. And I get, and, and I, I, I can totally understand it. Ryan, if you love Tales of Rise so much, why don't you marry it? Well, uh, I I don't know if that I 
that's not an option. I mean, I enjoyed it, but I don't want to marry it. <laughs> and you can do a Patreon mini uh, for us explaining yes. about your marriage to Tales of Arise, the game you love so much. Actually, speaking of games you love so much, Ryan, one game that you loved a lot was uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, which t- to my uh, great shame, mm-hmm. I have still not finished. In, in fact, I restarted it um, in the lead up to the, the sequel, like wanting to finish it. But then I got the Xbox Series X and I was like, oh, I want to play with my shiny new toy. And therefore, again, left Aloy standing by her lonesome. I didn't get too, too uh, far in uh, Zero Dawn the second time. Uh, I remember enjoying it and I'm still tempted to go, I think I would go back to Zero Dawn before I would shell out for Horizon Forbidden West because one of the things, Ryan, mm. uh, teeing up the fact that I know that you're about to talk about the sequel is that I don't, there's a lot of mysteries in Horizon Zero Dawn and I still do not know what the resolution of those mysteries are. And I can only imagine that if I started playing Horizon Forbidden West blind, they would pretty much tell me right off what all the resolutions and all the all the mysteries of the first game would be revealed pretty quickly. Am I safe to guess that? That's a, that's a very safe guess. And I mean, if Jocelyn was hearing you talk of not finishing Horizon uh, Zero Dawn and also still being blind to a lot of the revelations in that game, she'd be both um, simultaneously uh, enraged and jealous of, of your situation. Um, it She loves uh, the Horizon. I, I like the Horizon games, but she is she loves them. She She really enjoyed them. And I remember when Zero Dawn came out, it was, I didn't realize this, but it was a week before Breath of the Wild. I thought there was a bit more of a gap. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll I give, remember. yeah, I'll give credit where credit's due with, uh, you had tweeted that Elden Ring, uh, you made the comparisons between Elden Ring and, and Breath of the Wild in, in relation to a Horizon release. Um, and I, and I had to look it up. I didn't realize it was a week apart for both games, but uh, I think that, um you should definitely play Horizon Zero Dawn. I mean, you have a PS4 Pro. Uh, they they did specific enhancements uh, for Zero Dawn. And I think if you were to... They did some additional enhancements for the PS5, but... Yeah, I've read that it's performed... Like, see, this is it. It's one of those things where it's like, if I, I, I could just go out and get it for my PS4 Pro, and it would perform really well. And part of me was tempted to... And I, I'm going to, like just read my tweet on air here. Yeah, do it. Not, I'm very proud of it. And also it is highly accurate. It says, uh, I wrote at this rate, the next time I want to know when the greatest game of a generation comes out, I will just look to the release of the next horizon game and add a week because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> because uh, breath of the wild came out last time and Elden ring, which is coming out tomorrow. Uh, and the reviews are up while we record this episode. They're all glowing 10 out of 10s. And I am definitely going to be there day one buying buying that game. And I'm, I'm looking forward to diving in. Uh, but a lot of them are, are throwing around praise, like one of the greatest video games of all time, to Elden Ring. And I do feel so bad for Horizon because these games seem to be of such high quality with such like 
great stories, characters, graphics, you name it. And they're they just tend to release like the worst luck of uh, of releasing because they've. I, I would imagine Horizon will lose this social conversation even as of next week. Uh, as a you know, as people start buying Elden Ring, it will sort of shift that way. Although Horizon, in my mind, appeals to a much larger audience than Elden Ring, which may be more of a niche uh, game. Yeah, no, Elden Ring is definitely more uh, niche, and I think that the difference between Breath of the Wild and Horizon. Uh, or breath of the, the breath of the wild situation and elden ring is is it's kind of re- the reverse in the sense that when breath of the wild came out that was the launch of the nintendo switch and it was coupled with hardware that was going bananas and it was a zelda game that we haven't seen and we we knew of it for f- over five years and it was finally out whereas i i agree elden ring still has that you know long tail of development and and marketing it's not it, and it is a new from game, but there it's still a small smaller audience. And then you have the the reverse here with the PlayStation Five being rather new, still hard to come by, and Horizon Zero or Horizon Forbidden West being this anticipated sequel, not a new IP. Um, so I think Horizon Forbidden West is going to be fine. I think Zero Dawn did take hits from Zelda, but I don't think Elden Ring is going to necessarily like drown out the horizon discussion but i think elden ring right now is enjoying like a lot of from games like bloodborne and and dark souls 3 and and even sekiro where it is that first couple weeks of like that community is very excited that they're getting a new game in their favorite genre from their favorite developer and it's being really well received but at the end of the day it does not change that that game is really tailored to a specific audience, which are those that enjoy the From games. And I, I can appreciate that people enjoy those games, but they're they're not for everybody, really. Um, they're, this one has been... Elden Ring has sort of been sort of talked about as being more approachable, but from what I've heard, like it's still very much like if From games don't do it for you, like this isn't going to rewrite the script, right? Um, and I that's don't know, fine. man. 10 out of 10 across the board, one of the high... Like, I feel like like um, a lot of the reviews I've... I've never finished a From game, and it's not because I'm not good. I'm very good. Sure. Uh, but, but it's because that I just... I don't have the patience, which is often the, the key. And Bloodborne is the one I've probably put the most time in and gotten far. Sometimes I really like playing them. It really captures a mood and, and that. But I think... I think, like, it's tough to give 10 out of 10 to a game so universally and not and have it be so inaccessible. So my feeling is that it will it will probably have a longer tail and do better than any from product has previously. Horizon um though is the the, the one that we've actually played in this yeah. case you um uh like I I want to I like one of the one of the things that I'm I I find sometimes is when these sequels come out um it, you know, uh, I especially when I haven't finished the first game, uh, like this is what happened with Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I never played Assassin's Creed Valhalla because I did not finish Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I put a lot of time in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It's just so long and there's so much content. And I know you and I had the discussion because I was tempted to get Valhalla, but I was like, well, why wouldn't I just pop back in to 
Odyssey, and you were like, just get the one that you know you you, you want to play. Well, this again rears its head with Horizon One and Two in the sense that Two comes out, and and I haven't finished one, uh, or done the Frozen Wilds deal, you know DLC, and then I'm like, well, should I should I just skip it and, and jump to two? And I think that if there was a lot of technological innovation. Um, and it was such a revolutionary leap from one to two, then maybe I would be pushed over the edge to do that. But my impression, correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan, and honestly, I would love to be told that I'm wrong, is it is is more like kind of like it's slightly better in all areas, but is really just more of Horizon 1. Yep. Yeah, it, it is very much that. It's uh, they, you know, obviously they make changes. They They add a... Um, they had a, a hook shot and that can be used on specific points and a glider. Those are the two big additions sort of, um, kind of taking from the Zelda, Zelda cues, but it doesn't change, yeah. you know, the overall gameplay loop of the game. There are additional combat mechanics. There's a lot more options in terms of weapons and upgrades and, and, and tech tree stuff. But at the end of the day, it is very much building upon what Zero Dawn started and almost to a point where it feels like it, you know, it, it feels like, and it is this, it feels like you, you've got Zero Dawn and this feels like a very traditional sequel that you would get um, a few years later on the same generation of, of consoles. That's not to say Forbidden West doesn't take full advantage of the PlayStation 5, uh, and that it's just optimized across both generations of consoles, but it's just, it's not a knock. It's just usually like we've come to expect like new generations of games, even in the same sort of, a good example is like looking at Mass Effect 1 to 2 to 3, you know, um, there's a bit more done to Forbidden West, but it's kind of in that same vein where like they've, they've done the upgrades, they've done the optimizations, they've added additional gameplay and quality of life, but it is very much like a direct continuation of, of Zero Dawn, both in terms of story and gameplay mechanics. But I'm not saying there's no new stuff. There's a lot of new stuff, but it's, you kind of, you kind of nailed the, the, you got you hit the nail right on the head in that it doesn't feel as though this is a generational leap for the Horizon franchise, but that's not a bad thing. It's still fun. It's good. It plus plus uh, zero dawn was like like I was playing it. I think I mentioned this to you. Uh, I was playing it on PS4 Pro, and then I get my Xbox Series X, the next generation, and I'm so excited. And then I'm trying to play games that look better than the game that I was just playing. And oh man, I you know I, I almost every game I was playing did not look as good. You know, uh, yeah. it was only with the Forza and the the halos maybe at the end that started things started to turn around but like i mean it yeah you're in in right like when when they're like oh it's gonna be better graphics in horizon zero dawn i was like man that game still looks amazing so yeah. it, it it is it is tricky uh, i guess then my question to you ryan would be so far um like you liked horizon zero dawn one a lot and it also had the mysteries to kind of drag you along in the story. Like, why is the world like this? Are there, are there new mysteries that replace the old ones or it does the absence of those mysteries make, make it a lesser, a lesser experience for you? Or is it as, 
are you having at the same amount of fun as you did last time or is it starting to feel samey like how would you how would you say uh you you feel on it well i mean this this goes back to the point of your question like oh do you skip one and go straight to two like if you start playing to a lot of the really cool stuff of the revelations of one are immediately torn apart and, and, and just left out in the open for you to, uh, to, to, to basically like trip over, right? Like it, and, and they're kind of thrown out as details of like as stuff you should know. So definitely playing through one, that was a, one of my favorite parts about it was learning more about this world that, uh, this world, I, I was about to spoil it and I, I caught myself because I don't want to spoil it for you. I think you should go back and play Zero Dawn, finish it up, um, you know, back to the point of like two, or, you know, Forbidden West being a, a continuation both in story and gameplay. You might find yourself, um, one of two things can happen. You could finish Zero Dawn, have a great time and find like, I've, I've got my horizon fix done because again, there's not a huge, you know, leap in terms of you're still playing, you'll feel like, oh yeah, it's a direct just run from one game to the next um but i i think that in two i'm very early on which is why and and we have spent an hour on the gamers in talking about it so if you want to like go into the you know the details definitely check out that episode but in terms of two it's it's a little like it's a direct continuation um there are threads left dangling at the end of one that you're picking up here uh, but early in the game, it's very like one note as to what you're doing. You know, uh, you're, you have to save the world. Basically the world is, it's in the trailers. The world is dying, um, uh, from this, uh, blight and you're trying to figure out how to fix it. And, uh, if you've played, you know, zero dawn, you can kind of guess as to w- what may be causing the issue. Uh, but I'll say like, I've played for about five to six hours. I think Jocelyn put 20 hours in. And as you continue through that part one of the game, it can feel as though like, okay, kind of what we're, we're saving the world. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, we're saving the world. Uh, it kind of feels like the world is not as in as grave a danger because we are taking our sweet time to get to the Forbidden West. I haven't even made it to the Forbidden West yet. Uh, but I am starting to discover more of that story that, and more of those revelations that I really love to to explore in the first one. So there is more to be told. And Jocelyn had sort of given me the heads up of like, no, no, you keep doing the main story. It'll start to unveil more of what this story is is about. Um, and I think there is more mystery to uh, to reveal. There's there are answers and more questions and more answers that are coming that I think uh, will keep me keep me uh, in the loop so yes you eventually get to a point where that story starts to pick up you know it's just don't anticipate like um this isn't like one of those middle chapters that is just like all right let's go like mass effect 2 where um well that's a bad example because they kind of hit the reset on mass effect 2 but i feel like this is a direct continuation but it takes some time to like really ramp up what's actually happening um but but i'm enjoying it I have one last question yeah, uh, yeah. before we, we move on. You know, um, and I'm I'm always curious about how games handle this stuff. You know how, like, in um, Metroid or whatever, they always find some reason for you to lose all your shit? Like, <laughs> yeah. like 
in like video games, often like sequels have to do, do this because they're like, okay, you're going to upgrade your pouch again or your gear or whatever. We got to find a way. Do they, do they have any sort of like, do you start with the same sort of kit that you had in the first game at the end or do they, do they peel things away and give you a whole new skill trees or like how, how is it, how is it handled? Well, that is a good question. And, um, you can't answer without spoiling. No, no, I can answer it. So, uh, you know, you're right. A lot of these games where you spend the entire game, the 60 hour adventure, sort of building up your arsenal of weapons and upgrades and stuff, uh, essentially the way so zero dawn does re or no sorry uh forbidden west does reset the tech tree you start from scratch there are a lot of like things um in terms of abilities that you unlock um from zero dawn that are sort of enabled by default and they've and they've introduced a lot of new uh, abilities in the tech tree for your various uh, trees but there is a throwaway line at the beginning of the game is there's like a six month period between the end of zero dawn and the beginning of forbidden West that is not included in the story. It's kind of throwaway line of like, you've been searching for the answer to the problem. Again, I don't want to spoil it uh, for you who hasn't played zero dawn, but you're, you're basically like you're on this adventure trying to find the answer. You feel you found the answer, but on your way, like it's been such a, uh, a, a terrible journey that you've lost a lot of your weapons and gear so that's how they kind of explain away the fact that uh you have basically just a, a bow and a makeshift uh staff so there's a it, it's an off-screen sort of event that that occurs it's not like metroid where you get punched real hard in the first level yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. which is kind yeah. of what they always do but in this case like um it is it is a little bit far fetched in that like you spent the whole first game like climbing around and jumping and hitting machines and stuff and then all of a sudden you go on this journey off camera and it's like yeah it was so bad you you literally dropped all your weapons except for one um, there's a story reason for why you don't have like your staff uh, you know from from zero dawn uh, that occurs at the end of zero dawn but like again uh, it you you quickly get all those weapons back and and um they they don't uh they don't hold you back in terms of like the type of weapons so again in zero dawn they're slowly introducing new weapons like the trip caster and the rope caster and and the bomb slingers and stuff in in forbidden west you're able to buy most of those in the opening area so you get them back pretty quick and i think that's the problem you might have if you were to jump straight into forbidden west is there's a lot of stuff that you would have experienced in the first one that having that muscle memory and that understanding of the mechanics will be very helpful. Like if you jumped right into forbidden West and they kind of throw all these weapons and gear and stuff at you. And, and even the world, the world is very complex. I, I feel like you'd, you'd kind of be a bit lost and, and might not enjoy it as much if you skip over zero dawn. That's a good, an- that's a good answer. I have one, one, sm- like, I'm not trying to hate on this game, but, uh, <laughs> you're just trying to convince but, yourself not to, but I get it. You want to save the $90. I'm all there with you. One thing I will say about, uh, about, um, horizon that drove me nuts about okay. zero dawn. It's less, it's less bad this time because it's a sequel, but uh, still bad. I find is, and so video games have just reached such a creative apex like the amount of world building that goes into a game like horizon absolutely insane voice acting animation 
art, like you name it, top of the craft of all of these things. Yet, for some reason, video games cannot come up with titles that don't sound like gobbledygook um, with like multiple colons and like Horizon is such a great title. If they had just called the first game Horizon, like that would be fine, you know, Mm -hmm. really. But no, they're like, no, colon zero dawn. And I'm like, oh, now it sounds like garbage already. Would you like, is there a movie in theaters that would be called Horizon Zero Dawn? No, it would be called Horizon. And that's what the movie would be called. Because they know how to name things. And in this one, it's like, I'm like, hey, uh, to my wife, who just doesn't know anything about the games except what what I'm telling her. I'm like, there's a new game called Horizon Forbidden West. She's like, oh, what's with the names of these things? I'm like, I know, right? They're they're crazy. And, you know, we're just coming off like Dying Light 2, Stay Human. And, and like that at least works because the first game was Dying Light. They had that shorter, more compact game name. And now this one gets a subtitle because it's the sequel. I get it. The first game was for, for Horizon. This one was Horizon Forbidden West. Okay. But Horizon went straight with like, Horizon, Zero Dawn. It just sounds so clunky and 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 I just like the game is so good, the world building is so good, all of that. It just it, it's like um a scar on a beautiful woman's face or something, and you're just like you can't look you can't look away from the scar, and there's all this beauty, and you're just like ah. Oh. So anyway, that's What's how I question? feel. About I don't know. <laughs> There's no question. It's a full-on rant. I'm ranting about something I don't like, and this is in video games in general. Like even like like the 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 Legend of Zelda kind of gets a free pass because it's been around for so long. But the Legend of Zelda colon Breath of the Wild is like it's a brilliant game, but man, that title is a lot, you know. And uh, it's video games just can't seem to get out of their own way when it comes to title. To titling like there's a few games where i'm like wow that's a sweet title you know like uh sure like elden ring are you saying that's a sweet title i think it's like it fits into your narrative of being simple and easy to say and doesn't have a subtitle it's def well yes i would say for fantasy <laughs> for fantasy it's fine yeah like it, it's it's a fine it's a fine it i wouldn't say that it's like like I'd have to play the game to know if it fits true with what. With well, that's what, the thing. You know, with Horizon Zero Dawn, you 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 have to kind of play the game to understand where that Zero Dawn's coming from, right? Honestly, like what what where does the Horizon come from in Horizon Zero Dawn? Well, like I mean, where nowhere. Uh, There's no character called Horizon. They could have just called the game Zero Dawn. I you think know? again, like I honestly don't know the answer to that. I think my best—I do—they suck at naming things. <laughs> my best guess, and you know, hey, that's a possibility. But my best guess is, uh, in order to explain it, would be spoilers. But I think the idea of Horizon is, um, well, you know, it's a post—it's uh, a post-apocalyptic game. So the Horizon would be like, I think, alluding to. You know the the reemergence of humanity, I guess, in this post-apocalyptic world. I don't know, but yeah, I think Horizon is a good title. But you're right. Like, I think when Horizon Zero Dawn was announced, it's like, oh, Horizon's such a great name, 
and tacking on a subtitle, especially with the first one, is a bit much. Um, Horizon Forbidden West, I totally get it. Forbidden West is literally the town that you're going to. It's not a secret. It's an it's an area you, that you're traveling to. They, oh. they get that right off the bat at the beginning of the game. So the sequel makes sense. Zero Dawn has always been a troublesome one. It does, I guess. Like, but again, like you have to just think about like if it was a movie or a book, like Forbidden West. Like, is there not a better subtitle that you could have uh, come come up with than something that that's a lot of syllables? Uh, I don't know. I just I just feel like we get. Deke, uh, what is it? Acclimatized to these mouthfuls of titles because we go to countless websites and listen to to podcasts where people rattle them off like they make sense, you know, because True. they've heard them so many times. But if you just think about it and avoid, like I remember the first time I heard the title Horizon Zero Dawn, I was like, "Come on!" Uh, and uh, and I never I never got over that. It's the same like when the Nintendo Wii was first announced, everybody was like shitting all over the title. And then when it started selling millions of copies, people were just like saying, hey, you play Wii Sports? Like it wasn't hilarious anymore, you know? Um, and uh, and I get that. But like for me, I, I never – like Horizon is just the latest in in uh, in that. It's the one that, that bothers me the most because of the quality of the first game and how it – like, you know, that the argument – is our video games art or are they not, you know? And, uh, and for me, like, like there's so much, like you, you boot up Horizon Zero Dawn. There's just so much beautiful lighting and environment and the menu screen and everything is so nice. And there's like music going on in the background. And there's this like priest on top of a cliff praying or whatever. Like, it's just, I remember, I remember it being so striking. And then the title card comes up. It's like Horizon Zero Dawn. And I'm like, Oh God. Now I feel stupider, you know. Like I just feel like like it it, it doesn't it does it doesn't do a good job um, capturing the epicness of the game. It makes it sound like a novel that I would pick up in the teen section of a bookstore. Anyway, I'm done. I'm done. Rant. I don't think the title's that bad, but I mean, uh, okay, yes, sure. Yeah. I'm I'm saying titles in in general, and and I think you don't think it's that bad because you're like you are now conditioned to the the video game titling system. I'm saying I'm bitching more about and look, I'm a guy who just played Danganronpa Trigger Happy Havoc, like yeah. collector's garbage, edition Xbox garbage title. Well, yeah, well, like you I, know, movies. Uh, I I I I see where you're coming from. Movies and TV have some of them have uh you know embraced the simplicity of a good title i think like um even even some bad shows that i don't really like like uh, but but do well like this is us is is a really popular show and that title works really well for what that show is it's a it's a cable network uh drama and you can see all the shit coming a mile away um but still like it's a great title you know but there are still some great examples of bad movie and TV titles like, uh, you know, um, well, we're not going to talk, talk about it this week. It's too late now. But uh, Book of Boba Fett, that's not necessarily the greatest title. Maybe no, not necessarily the greatest Star Wars TV series, but um, <laughs> we'll talk about that one next week. But, like, I think 
there are good video game titles. I, I think just because Horizon. Oh is, yes, no, is... I I'm not saying that there's not good video game titles. I'm saying that the the, the percentage of misses to hits is way worse in video games than it is in a lot of these other mediums because they have somebody on the creative side in books and in movies that 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 generally say like, look, can we tighten this up a little bit? You know, where for some reason video games. They they don't do, they don't do that as much. They're just like nah, just go with the craziest shit you can say. And despite like it's just so funny because to me it's like so many people were involved in this product, and that nobody would nobody would step up and be like no, you know like anyway. The Horizon I'm I'm picking on because it's so the the just dichotomy is so great. But like other other. Um, other other games, uh, it's it's not as notice it's not as noticeable. When it has a super long and annoying title, I'm not like, oh that that sucks because the game also kind of sucks. But in Horizon, that's not the case. Anyway, yeah. you wanted to talk about the Book of Boba Fett. No, I don't. Uh, we're we're already <laughs> running light. Um, but the, the not not. I think it was a great conversation. Crofton hates Horizon. I fully expect. Uh, a great report where whirlwind uh, tattles on you to to Jim and Jocelyn this week. So look forward to the to that. Um, but no, I did want to talk about a, a TV show quickly before we go to the diapers. Um, and yes, we will do a spoiler discussion for Book of Boba Fett uh, next episode um, for sure because I do want to give it some time because there's a lot to unpack both in terms of a, a lot of the conversations of the quality of the show and and also the cameos and all that fun stuff. But um, I wanted to talk quickly about uh, Righteous Gemstones, which is a show I had no idea existed um, until a friend of mine had, had mentioned he was watching a comedy and uh, it was I was looking for a comedy. Uh, Ashley and I were both looking for a comedy. There's just a lot of dramas out. And, you know, we'd, we'd just come off of uh, Yellow Jackets and we had Crave uh, here in Canada, which has the HBO and whatnot. And uh, Righteous Gemstones is an HBO series, kind of a high concept uh, comedy show, and it is about a uh, a family of uh, evangelicals, sort of like the, um, you know, the TV preacher type setup. Uh, and it's got John Goodman as the main character. He is the sort of the father of the family, and he does the church stuff. And of course, being a comedy, an HBO comedy, the the family aspect is that uh, he is the the head priest, but then his kids are are all spoiled rotten. And uh, you got Danny McBride um, and Adam Devine, I think is his name. And oh, I love I love Danny McBride. Yeah. Uh, you would love this show. It's a Danny McBride show. It's literally created, written, directed. Uh, some some of the stuff is directed by him, but it is his show. He's basically crafted it. Uh, this show to to be his sort of HBO vehicle. And um, John Goodman's fantastic. He's fantastic in anything, but he's amazing in this. He he's commanding and he plays the role really well. And Danny McBride is is I'm not. I'm not as a big a fan of Danny McBride, but again, when he's good, he's good. And I, and I love him and stuff when, when it really clicks, but it, it, I haven't been able to find a lot of his stuff that works for me, but this does work. He plays a, he plays the eldest son and he's sort of like the second in line um, with, uh, you know, next in line for this, for this, uh, this massive church worth millions of dollars. 
And the story is, uh, season one at least, is is basically about these spoiled kids that, uh, you know, get into these wild and wacky antics. And it's a, it's a big family drama while also dealing with the idea that they are part of this, like, huge... You know, uh, I don't even I don't even know if it is evangelical, but it's like you know the the TV preacher stuff that I don't have a lot of experience with. Right. But like you see it on TV, you know it when you if you were to watch it, you'd be like, oh yeah, I've seen I've seen the YouTube clips, I've seen the, you know, I've accidentally turned the channel on Sunday morning to to find you know this on TV. But um, it is a part of the show, but it's not a huge. It's not. It is a big part of the show, but it's not like the the main focus. Like it is still very much an HBO, you know, comedy. You know, you know uh, it's got it's got you know swearing and all that fun stuff like that you come to expect from an HBO series. But it is a really compelling story. Like it's it's a fun adventure. And Ashley and I were kind of like we were not sure about the first episode. Like again, like you're you're dealing with a similar scenario to. Um, you know, uh, what's the word? What's the, uh, the CBC show with Eugene Levy, um, Schitt's Creek, uh, and other shows like it where you have this like really unlikable bunch that are spoiled rotten and have clearly like gone, gone through life with, without much consequence or hardship. And that can be really grating, you know, when, when you're watching, it's like, oh my God, these guys just need to be humans for once. And, but then you, you get past that point and you start to really enjoy, like the story and the antics and stuff that they're getting up to. And uh, season two is airing right now. We're all caught up. Uh, and, and that really goes to show how much we've, we've, we have really enjoyed the show. It, it's hilarious. It's, it's so funny. And uh, it's got like a lot of big actors in it. Um, the first season has uh, Walter Goggins in it um, from. Uh, yeah. Justified. I love yeah. Walter Goggins. He is amazing in it. Uh, he is fantastic. He plays uh in in I think it's like season five or four of Justified, Boyd becomes like a preacher or something. Oh, and like is he's sort of like he t- anyway, and he essentially is all the time in a different way. Anyway, his character, so I can see Walton Goggins killing that. And Kenny, it, it's Kenny Powers who, when I say Danny McBride, I'm I'm a big fan of. Really, I'm a big fan of Kenny Powers and Eastbound and Down. I don't really know Danny McBride from anything else, um, but I love him in that. Yeah, no, you you would really like this. And again, like it's a show that. Uh, both Ashley and I are enjoying, so I feel like it would be right up uh, Jess's alley as well. So you'd you'd enjoy it. And it, it's on Crave, uh, Crave Plus HBO. I think it's a twenty dollar a month service. But again, like all of season two should be up by in the next couple of weeks, so you could subscribe now for the month and and watch the whole thing. And it's a really fun watch. It's it's very quick and it's paced really well in the sense like once you get through the first episode and understand like the general arc of what you're going to be dealing with for the season, um, it, it just goes from there. Like again, it's a high concept comedy, so it takes a bit to get going. It's like Shit's Creek where that first episode is like, I don't know if I want to watch these folks and their wacky adventures. It seems like they're kind of spoiled and bit rotten. Uh, and they are still spoiled and rotten throughout, but they, they, it starts to get into its comedic groove after the first episode. So, um, I, and it's been around for a while, I guess it's been around since like 2019, like, you know, pre pandemic show. And, 
I guess they took a year. I don't know if they took a year off. Sometimes HBO has that weird publishing schedule, but they're usually pretty consistent. So I think the second season was impacted by the pandemic um, and was was delayed a year. But yeah, I I really I've been really enjoying it. I think you'd dig it too. So definitely check out Righteous Gemstones. It, it, for me, it, your pitch is compelling enough that I absolutely would if I had crave is is it enough for me to go out and like so if i get this crave i can watch that other show that you like about the cannibal cheerleaders yes. yeah. yeah yellow jackets is on there as well so you're starting to build up this like list of tv shows you could watch yeah yeah exactly uh, and i think that that's what's gonna you know it's like you know when you don't buy a console at launch and you get these then you're like oh I, i'd be able to play this and then i'd be able to play that and then you get it eventually and you got this backlog yeah but, uh yeah i feel like that's what's happening to me and crave yeah and i think he, the thing is about both you know we talked a bit about it with yellow jackets and and also now with with righteous gemstones i don't think you're going to run into the issue of being spoiled by those like buzz articles for righteous gemstones like you could wait to watch it but yellow jackets has sort of fallen off like you know media right so if you haven't been spoiled like zero dawn if you haven't been spoiled now and you're not seeking it out you can probably enjoy it and not you know come across um spoilers so like you're in a good position to uh to have some solid shows hey uh ryan you know what would be a better name than righteous gemstones what's that the righteous gemstones apocalypse future okay. but, but you'd you'd have to put a colon between them so people know no. it's a sub just make it super and, confusing and don't put the colon in in yeah. the artwork but in well know, that's how insist, people yeah. say these horizons for forbidden west you people say it like nobody knows there's a colon in there like there's no colon Unless you're looking at the website or something or the store listing. There is a colon. There's got to be a colon. In the artwork, there's no colon. Jesus. If there's no colon in the artwork, is there really a colon? I don't know, Ryan. I do not know. I do know that that, uh, we're (laughs) going to have to table Boba Fett, I guess, for next time. Yeah, we're going to table Boba Fett, but we are going to follow this little ampersand in our logo and head over to the next section, which is the diapers section. And Crofton, you've been continuing to build things uh, by questing with dragons. Oh, yeah. Dragon Quest Builders, which I promoted last time. It's just a great game for kids. Uh, and um, I, I continue with that. And I remember I mentioned last time that the one frustrating part is that that it's it's sort of like it teaches you things slowly. So you go to these islands and you have these side adventures. And so for Gwen, it's just like she's continuing to play it. And she's putting in a lot of time to the point that Jesse's getting worried about it because she comes home and she's like, can I play my game? She goes down and plays pretty much till supper. So it's like babysitting her for us, which is awesome. But the problem is she needs us to get by these parts that require reading, first off, and also that she's nervous about because they're a little bit more dynamic. So it's not a straight-up game like Minecraft where people just build and then you build and then you build some more. She loves the building, but she keeps getting pulled away from it for these side adventures. And last time, her character got thrown in jail. There's like a plot, you know, in video games, the bad guys catch you sometimes and then they throw you in jail and there's a whole escaping jail type thing. Well, that's happened in this game, but it was kind of out of nowhere. And Gwen was super upset about it. Like she was like, cause she was building her base and then she got thrown in jail by the bad guys and it was bedtime. And I was like, Gwen, we got to go up for bed. And she started crying 
again, she's seven, so like she doesn't cry at the drop of a hat. Like this is kind of a big deal. And she was so upset. And I said, what's wrong? And she was saying, she was just like, I'm going to come home from school tomorrow and I'm not going to know how to get out of the jail and I'm stuck in the jail. And she was really upset about it. Right. And I felt so bad for her. Um, and I said, well, you know, this is sort of a thing that happens in these games, you know, like you'll find escaping will be an adventure. It will be fun. She's like, but I won't be able to do that by myself. I need your help. I'm like, yeah, but I'm, you know, I'll work tomorrow and we'll do it afterwards. And anyway, it, I had to like, we, she was completely deregulated and we had to kind of like settle her down because of this, um, being thrown in jail thing. And now of course she's really into the whole escape. Like the next day she figures out all the things, Oh, this is how the escape goes. So she's, the game is an emotional roller coaster like that in that, like it keeps giving you these great pieces of content, these new adventures, but it also like takes your kid gets really attached to something and then it pulls them away. Uh, and, and that, um, that is proven to be, uh, tricky but yeah still a huge recommend dragon quest builders and i guarantee that i'll still be speaking about it for weeks to come there is a lot of content in that game cool yeah oh, that's really good i uh on my side it's uh we're back to a normal schedule i feel like um i think last we talked uh we had kept the kids home from school for a couple extra weeks it's kind of funny that it's almost the end of february but um, we had some some hiccups with you know the kids being sick, being sent home, having to stay home for a bunch of days. Then uh, Isabel's daycare was shut down, so uh, or Isabel got so Isabel got sick. Then the kids had to stay home, and then the daycare got shut down, so Isabel had to be home. But this week, and I didn't put it in the notes because every time I put it in the notes, someone gets sick and they all have to stay home. But uh, I, I think I can talk about it on a podcast. It should not curse us, but um, this week's been fairly normal. Kids have been going to school, having a great time, no complaints, uh, you know, no no colds, no no being sent home, and Isabel's been really great, having a great time at daycare for when she goes. She only goes three days a week, but we're back to a normal. Man, schedule. that's got to be a relief. Yeah, Jeez. it's been a lot of. Uh, it's not easy to do work when you've got a full house you know i do have really? my separate office but i do not have a shed i cannot leave the house to go to work so no yeah i i hear you buddy no i i'm glad for you guys like i know that that's unsustainable so yeah uh, it, it's it was a it was a process but like the thing is like i think that i i think what i can't speak i, I don't want to speak for other people but i think when sometimes when people hear you know, parents talk about, oh, the kids were home from school, the kids were home from daycare, like, you know, because we're working from home, there is this, you, you can kind of do some stuff while the kids are home. But like, it's also about the kids. Like, I, I noticed when Caden and Abigail and even Isabel were in and out of daycare and school, like, they weren't happy about it. Like, sure, the first day, they're like, oh, stoked to be home. But like, once it set, settles into a routine, we're like, Oh, we're 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 at home. We're not doing the dynamic and active stuff that we would be normally doing at at school. They really do enjoy school, so they miss it when they're not there. And I think when when they go back, yes, it's a relief for parents, but also a relief for kids because um, they get to see their friends and their teachers, and you know they're and they're at a young age. Like I know you hit a certain age where you either like school or don't like school, and 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 I get that, but. Um, Right now they're they're really enjoying it, so it's it's been nice for everybody. And uh, um, 
I, I do have another update though on uh, we we I can't remember when we last talked about it, but we started to do evening training, potty training for the kids. Feels like it's been a long time. Yeah, since we talked about it. it. It has been a while, and uh, I think last we spoke, we had sort of set up the routine of uh, we had these like pee pads that we bought, and we had to get Caden like a spe- we we got him like a special pair of shorts on Amazon. I think we did talk about this, and because uh, him wearing a diaper, he was just he would just pee, and then him wearing you know normal underwear or I guess the the normal. Um, the suggestion is that they just wear a t- like a loose fitting t-shirt so that they don't their body doesn't think they're wearing a diaper which which can be ref- you know reactive in the evening when they're when they're sleeping to to just pee uh and uh for Caden um he was he was having a harder time Abigail was pretty much set she was good we'd wake her up before we went to bed around 10 10:30 and she was good for the rest of the night she would basically sleep until morning and didn't have any accidents but Caden was having a little bit of a, a rougher go and I guess it is harder for you know to potty train uh boys than girls especially in the evening um and uh Caden was having a hard time with that but like we said to him like we just reassured him like look it's perfectly fine you're gonna get there it's just gonna take a little longer for you everybody's different and sure enough after having a, an alarm go off uh at 2 30 in the middle of the night for the last two months to, to get these kids to be potty trained uh this week again i didn't want to put in the notes because every time i put in the notes we have a bit of a, a a bit of a slide but uh plus i i i shame you for the note talk so true true that's true and, and you have every right to do so um I, I i definitely yeah so they they they've been fine uh you know i have not had to get up at 2 30 this week to to get caden to the to the toilet to go pee and he's had a he's he's been dry every night so um we're well on our way i think to be like caden says does this mean i'm done does this mean i'm i'm potty trained and i'm like I think you're good, bud. Like, I don't mind waking you up before I go to bed for you to go to the bathroom until you're, like, good to get up yourself. Like, that's fine. It was the 2.30 in the morning that was a struggle. I feel so bad that he said that. Like, is, you know, that he's old enough to know that all of this is going on and that he's like, he's like, did I do it, dad? You know, like, (laughs) that's that's heartbreaking for sure. It's very heartbreaking, but there's, like, you know, as I said to him, like, everybody has mistakes. Like, I think last night, so he wasn't feeling well a couple of weeks ago when he was sick. And he would, like, it was, <laughs> I did, again, uh, it was, this is embarrassing for him and, and not fun for me. So, but that's the point of this segment. Uh, and this is very much a diapers portion. Uh, he was sick and he would, like, he he had an accident, but, like, the really bad one where he said he thought it was a fart, but it was no. very much not a oh, fart. No. It was like a full load, and it was gross. Uh, so he was very he was sick. This was weeks ago. He's feeling much better now. And I, I don't know if it was something he ate or just like a 24-hour, you know, flu. Um, he did not. He tested negative for COVID. It was fine. It was not COVID. Um, it was just probably a stomach bug. But, like, he he's had these issues where he, he, he was having an issue where he – he thought he was farting, but he was he was uh, he was pooping his pants, so it was not well, fun. No, it did not does not sound fun. So, like with with Caden near the end 
uh, and it, with Abigail also on track, Isabel will be our like the dungeons and diapers part. The literal diapers will only be held by Isabel at this point because uh, at that w- once you get there fully, uh, yeah. she'll be our 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 only ambassador of diapers because Clara and Gwen are both done. Oh wow! Well, Isabel has started, so she's uh, she's really latched on to the idea of like emulating her brother and sister both in good and bad ways uh in a good way uh she has started potty training herself basically like she we've gotten her pull-ups now but she will like she will say she's got to go pee 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 and um both caden and abby struggled with both pee and poop but like i remember caden like he literally pooped on the floor once like you do the potty training you basically have them like not walk around without a diaper and, and constantly putting them on the toilet Isabel's like asking to go to the bathroom. She's done a one and a two. Like she's she's got it. She's got the idea, and and she will like ask to go to the bathroom. Uh, you know, I gotta like pee pee pee, and it's like all right, well let's go, and and we just encourage it. I think like she'll likely be potty trained by the end of the year. I would say like we're not gonna rush it. We're gonna let her go at her own pace. But uh, I could see by the end of the year. I guess daycare lady had said like oh. We're gonna try potty training one of the kids. So, did you want us to include Isabel? And we said she's already like on her way. So, if you want to like bring her along for the ride, that sounds great. So, um, it, it, we still buy ourselves maybe like six months to a year of of technically being able to keep diapers in all of our marketing and show notes and stuff. But like, it gives us some time to figure out what what that turns into. Whether it's Dungeons and Diapers yeah. just works so well because like it doesn't sound. It's just it works. What's another D word? Because Dungeons and Dragons, right? You, you could start wearing a diaper. Um, like, I, I mean, you could you know, start wearing a diaper, right? Like by that logic, right? You're older than I am. I mean, potentially. <laughs> whoa, 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 ageist much? <laughs> potentially, but like, we got to be believable here, Ryan. Nobody's going to believe I'm wearing a diaper. I mean, you do work <laughs> in a shed. I don't. I don't know if that. I don't, that doesn't true. really apply, honestly. That would, low no, blow. Low get, blow. You know what? You know what we could call what we could call it the, instead of Dungeons and Diapers. We could call it Dungeons and Diapers colon future life, uh, and that'll that'll make it sound even more epic because there's True. a colon and an extra bit. And and we should we should then make um, anime versions of you and me like we would be. We could do that. I have a friend. They could. Com- we could commission some anime versions of us. That's probably. That's not impossible. That's no. It's impossible. Okay. Um, so um, <laughs> the the uh, other thing I wanted to say is that I have booked a trip. Um, so in all this horseshit news of the world falling apart and um, and uh, the uh, Ottawa being occupied and all of this. Um, it, I, you know, there was this small glimmer of hope where they announced the the lowering of some restrictions for travel. Previously, where we're we're at, if I went on a trip internationally, I came back. My my youngest daughter, the one that's not vaccinated at all, Clara, who's three, would have to stay home for two weeks um, before she could return to daycare, and that was not workable for us. Like we could not have Clara home. Uh, it, it just wasn't going to work. So that meant traveling was a non-starter, but that gleam of hope I mentioned was that they, they relaxed the travel restrictions. And now that is no longer the case. 
Um, and soon as that was no longer the case, we were like, we got to go somewhere on March break. Um, and we, we um, reached out to a travel agent that we had been speaking with, like literally when COVID broke in 2020. Um, and my first email was like, do you still work in travel? <laughs> uh, because I wasn't a hundred percent sure that he would still uh, you know, have survived uh, the, the the two years of sparse travel. But sure enough, he still was there and he, he helped us. So we booked uh, an all-inclusive trip down south uh, in late March. And uh, we are super stoked about it. We're going to go, you know, on the beach. Girls are going to be in the airplane uh, for the first time. Uh, they are already over the moon about it. So, I mean, you know, make some good Dungeons and Diapers content. Traveling with children, uh, there's a good episode uh, episode to be done there, air travel, that is. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, excited. Uh, we just got it officially booked yesterday. So, I'm uh, I'm really uh, I'm really jazzed. I'm excited to hear about that because we have not done any long-form travel with the kids since we we drove to uh, PEI with with Caden who was six months and I think that was just pure luck that he he slept most of the way there and back so um, yeah I I look forward to to hearing about that I mean I have uh, I have one more update and and again this is wait something... wait 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 oh. I what, one last thing on the travel before you are you gonna do the title me thing off the door are you gonna do the title thing that's probably why I kept I kept us moving. No, no, I'm not doing. What are you talking about? You're you gonna do like travel like I, colon future. No, no. Uh, look, are you saying that I'm predictable are by this point in the I, show? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> well, I hate, I hate to disappoint you, Ryan, but that is not what okay, I was going I'm sorry. to do. Uh, uh, so one thing I just wanted to point out, and this is like, I know for many people this will be self obvious, but for me it really was. Um, crazy is the sticker shock associated to traveling as a family of four hmm. um, because uh, and I can't even imagine what a family of five oh my god it would be nothing you'd never go anywhere am I right Ryan um, but anyway <laughs> the, the 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 thing is 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 that um, like you know when your child is below two you don't have to get them a seat they can sit on your lap yada 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 but if if they are, as soon as they're older, then you're pretty much like, it's almost like you're taking your two friends down south. Like, like if I was, if I was back when my wife and I would look at going down south together, we, you know, we'd each buy, you know, pay for our ticket and package and we'd look at it. I would be really just looking at the price for me. Uh, uh, you know, what could I personally afford and what could she afford and, and all of that. But now it's like, I have to like resorts that I'd be like, oh, this is too, you know, low star rating. I'm not sure about this place. And then at, be, I'd be like, I can afford better. But now it's times four. Like, uh, and and that right ranks up pretty quick. And and prices obviously because of the work they the, the the health stuff they have to do for COVID, everything is more expensive. Um, so anyway, it's just it was it was crazy. Uh, not that the prices are so egregiously more expensive than they were back before COVID. At least I, I don't find it too bad. What the sticker shock really comes into play in the fact that I'm, you know, we have to pay for everybody. And so everything is times four. You think about it almost across the board. Any cost that you're spending, you're, you're spending it four times. Got to get passports times four, you know, got to, got to get, um, 
insurance times four, you know, like gotta like all the anything that you think of is times four. And I know that's just makes sense, but until you're sitting down and doing it and you and like in your booking, it it doesn't really resonate with you. And and then you see it in front of you, you're like, holy moly, like you know, it it it's so much so much more uh so much more expensive. Um so anyway, uh I, I just like I understand now why people like you can pay trips on installment plans or some people will like save up for a really long time before they go on a trip. I totally get it now. I used to think Downtown South was very, very affordable, but now I recognize like as soon as you start spawning, it gets uh so do the prices, you know? Oh yeah. wait. Wait, that that's what it we that'd be a good title, Ryan. Travel colon the spawning. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna I was also trying to think of one you could go like family travel, where's my money, Brian, or something like that. And yeah, and your no. and your uh, your travel agent in this case is named Brian. I see. So it's a stretch. It, uh, what is his name? Is it Brian? Because that would work in no. this case. It would be no, very it's, helpful. Oh, it's Bernard. It's another oh, B name. So close. So you, so close. So all close. right. All right. Well, what did you, what did, what did you want to say that I can make a title joke on? Yeah, definitely. You start workshopping it in the background, and I'm sure we'll come full circle. But uh, I just had one final update in the diaper section here. I think I had talked about it a couple weeks ago. We, we started this uh, new act trend activity of doing a what we call a buddies night with Caden and, and now with the kids. So tomorrow night, um, you mentioned it last week, buddy's night. You were just starting it or yeah. last week, last episode rather. Yeah. And we had done a couple, we, we watched, uh, that was our Mandalorian chat. Um, and, uh, and, and, uh, Catan jr. And I think, uh, the, tomorrow night we're going to try, uh, bringing Abigail into the fold. As I said, last time I'm skeptical about Abigail cause she never does well. Uh, she never does well going to bed late when she goes to bed late she wakes up um earlier than she normally does so she goes and and usually about the same amount of time that she missed sleep so she doubles her missed sleep for some reason her body just does that so if she goes to bed an hour late she's waking up two hours early uh it it really or sorry an hour early it really sucks but um, we're going to try it because, it, you know, I, I think Abigail would enjoy some of the games we're playing and, and, and the movies and shows we're watching. So we're going to try it, uh, tomorrow. I think we're going to play some Catan Jr. with the whole family. So we'll play a, a full four, um, and have some snacks and watch some TV and maybe play some video games. Uh, I got a, a crazy deal on Amazon. I think it was a pricing error, but essentially I got a, a, a second PlayStation five controller, um, for like 60 bucks and they're like a hundred with tax. So I got it 60 with tax, which is, a you, you can, these controllers, like they're all a hundred bucks now. Yeah. It's oh, a man. It is a crazy deal. It is the, uh, no, I don't know what I was. Okay. <laughs> what I was getting at. You're going to do 60, a title. No, 60 bucks is the sale price. And like, I get it. The, the, um, the PlayStation five has got the, like, vibrates you and all that sort of stuff but like uh, uh I, it's still like a hundred like a hundred bucks used to be the pro elite models of controllers you know no, you get man. but now now it's like that's the default for these for these suckers and they're well made and they're good quality like i i'm i'm not begrudging necessarily 
it in so much as it's just like amazing that that's where we're at. You're like, wow, I got a controller for 60 bucks. And I'm like, wow, what was that? A, a $10 savings? You're like, no, it was a $40. I'm like, oh my God. No, it's crazy. It is expensive. I think the joy cons are like 120. The Xbox controller, I think is on par, maybe $10 cheaper than the PlayStation ones. But uh, yeah, no, it was a, it was a, it was not another, um, it wasn't like the default color. It wasn't white. It was a Nova pink. So uh, excited to add that to the to the collection. I've I've never had a controller of of such a, a bright color. Usually you get the usually you get you know you get the 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 white or the black you know controller like the very neutral colors. And I think I'm I, I know the kids are excited when we got it and I opened it up and they were super stoked. So I'm excited to to have this. Uh, the new Nova Pink controller that they just launched, so and and at a, at a steal of a price, so we're gonna play uh, that new, not new, I guess now, but uh, they we've been playing the little big, little big Planet Adventure game that came out at the launch of the PlayStation Five. I, I picked that up on sale not too long ago, so uh, it's got some co-op. We're gonna be able to check that out, and uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be Buddy's night. And you know what? I realized like. In all of the excitement, I'm going to have to save a, a story for next week um, that happened to me this week. I will t- I will let Crofton know what it is post-shows. And be like, man, how did you forget that? And how did you not include this in the show? But um, it's, a, it's a doozy. It's a doozy. So a tease for next week. It's the one you foreshadowed that had like more emergency people going to your house, oh, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I did tell you about that. Anyways, yeah. yeah. Next all week. All right. Well... Look, that's that's good. You know, you know what you should do what? before you before you bring up that story next week. You should give it a title. You know, like with with a uh, with the colon and all of this. Like, make it sound. It makes everything sound more epic, uh, Ryan. I can help you work. I can help you workshop it. Make it sound god awful. Um, <laughs> well, you know what? When when you do the show notes and the the title, I fully expect there to be an epic title for this episode. Uh, you're going to work all day on it tomorrow. And, uh, that is going to do it our, uh, for our episode though. Uh, and I will let Crofton think of one more title as I read through the outro here. Uh, you can visit us on the web at tgistudios.com slash dad. You can email the show dad at tgistudios.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at our Murphy Crofton at Crofton steers and the show at DND cast. It's going to do it for this episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Have yourself a great couple of weeks. Look forward to all the teases for next week. Got some stories, got some TV. I've stalled long enough. Crofton, do you have yet another amazing video game uh, title for, for the show? Dungeons and Diapers, Anime Love, version 7.3, What Dreams May Come. That's really good, actually. That's like both, you know, taking Kingdom Hearts and near, like, to task oh so good and and anime in general yeah which incidentally incidentally is like i i left it i didn't want to throw any more stones at anime but when it comes when it comes to names i mean oh boy like they obviously but i think they it's they're so bad they just lean into it like which i can i can sort of respect in a weird in a weird way it's when it's an error a self-own like Horizon Zero Dawn that I feel like it's it's not 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 as great. Anyway, so Jocelyn, if you want to send me your hate mail, you can. Uh Jimmy the Shovel, please, you know, it's at Croft and Steers. Uh just go go crazy and enjoy it. Yeah. Whirlwind will give the cliff notes to both Jim and 
Jocelyn in the Discord. Thank you, Whirlwind. And thank you to all our listeners. I love you all. Please love me back. That's true. Have a great week, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye.